Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to another episode of So I Married a Horror Fan. This is episode 161. It is our first episode for March. I say that because it's technically not, but whatever. Um, I am one of your co-hosts, Simon. I'm Lee. And today we are kicking off our seasonal horror month with a look at the 1973 film The Wicker Man. Which I'm very excited about. I've just, yeah, we have a Wicker Man sticker on our desk, mm-hmm. and there's one up there as well. Haha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, I, I did think we had a sticker lying around somewhere, but I couldn't remember where it was. Um, yes, so we are kicking off with a look at the Wicker Man from 1973 mm-hmm. to represent the season of spring. Mm-hmm. As we are now in the season of spring. Yeah. Yeah, because we're in March. Mm. Our clocks will be going. Forward. The clock will be doing something. Soon. Is it go forward or backwards to represent spring? I don't remember, babe. It's daylight savings time, isn't it? Because it's already yeah, started to get okay. lighter outside, which is nice. And we went to the shop today and saw a bunch of Easter stuff, which was also nice. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we are. It's a, it's a good movie to kick off our seasonal horror month with, especially as we now have just entered spring. It feels. Indeed. Festive? Is that is that the right word? I feel like that is the right word. Do you feel festive around spring? I don't I don't really know. Like No, yes. <laughs> but yeah, so we are looking at the Wicker Man and you are gonna do something, I guess. Uh, I assume so, yes. Because you were just you were scrolling on your phone and I was like, Are you looking at the information? I was I was voguing. I was vamping. I wasn't sure what you were doing. Well, I had it all up. I was waiting for you. Yeah. Okay, so Wicker Man released in 1973. Back in the 70s. Bro, this movie's 51 years old. It is indeed. That's crazy. So, cast-wise for this movie... I'm sorry. Writers for this movie. So, we have uh, Anthony Schaefer. And apparently also David Pinner, who was uncredited Mm -hmm. for it. And directed by Robin Hardy. Cast-wise, we have Edward Woodward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that name so much. As Sergeant Howie. Christopher Lee as Lord Summerisle. Boo. Uh, Diana, Diane Salento as Miss Rose. Britt Eklund as Willow. Ingrid Pitt as a librarian. Just straight up, librarian. Uh, and then we've got Lindsay Kemp as Alder McGregor. McGregor? McGregor. McGregor. Uh, Russell Waters is the harbour master. Um, Irene Stunters plays Mae Morrison. Um, just trying to find the little girl. Uh, Jerry Cowper plays Rowan Morrison. And then outside of that, it's just a lot of characters who have names like Baker, Butcher, Holly. Baker, Butcher, Candlestick Maker. Mm-hmm. Hairdresser. Oak. Broom. Dave. Musician. Yeah, not a lot of characters have names in this, or like legitimate names. It tends to be whatever their job is. Uh, so I'm just going to stick with those as the main cast. Let's Mate, wasn't that a thing when we were watching Repossessed last week? When they were like, people's yeah. surnames used to be like what their jobs were. And yeah, then... yeah, 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 it's a joke from Repossessed. Uh, Plotline wise, a Puritan police sergeant arrives in a Scottish island village in search of a missing girl who the pagan locals claim never existed. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. It's based on a book as well, but I don't know who wrote the book. Um, probably should look that information up. But it is. It based... might be David Pinner. 
yeah, it is based on a book. And I don't know, again, I don't think the book has the same title. Oh, Anthony Schaefer. Yeah, I don't think the book has the same title. I think the book has a completely different title. Uh, no, it's not based on a book. Oh, is it not? It is loosely based on the 1967 novel R- Ritual by actor and novelist David Pinner. Okay. The novelisation of it was written by Robin Hardy. Okay, so it is based kind of on a book called Ritual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how... Whereas the film goes with the way more literal title Wicker of Man. The Wicker Man. Yeah, I don't know how much of the ritual um, is actually used. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry. English police officer named David Hallen, a puran- puran- puritanical Christian, is asked to investigate what is a, appears to be a ritualistic murder of a local child in an enclosed rural Cornish village. During his short stay, Helen deals with psychological trickery, sexual seduction, ancient religious pra- practices, and nightmarish sacrificial rituals. So, so it sounds like it's basically bang on then. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Pretty much, yeah. It was used for the basis of the rog- the Wicker Man. Hmm. Um, there was also a stage play uh, called The Appointment Appointment with the Wicker Man. Nice. Which weaves together both the novel and uh, Wicker Man into a single narrative. There we go. Nice. Um, so I have to ask, <coughs> and I suspect, I suspect the answer to this question is going to be Nicolas Cage, probably. Um, obviously, way before, because this is a very old film. It is. Before we decided to cover this, before we got together... What was your like knowledge nothing. of the Wicker Man? Absolutely not even, nothing. not even like the Nicolas Cage meme. Nope, absolutely nothing. Wow, you hadn't even heard of the Nicolas Cage one. Nope, that's fucking crazy, dog. Because mm. that had been out like eight years at that point. Mm. Nope, that's crazy. You forget, I was, I was so far out of horror movie circle, like. Yeah, but the the Nicolas Cage bees nope. meme like made it into like the zeitgeist. That's well, to be fair, the Nicolas Cage one came out in two thousand and six. So what would how old would you have been fourteen? Yes. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, you'd have been 14 when it came out. So. And I didn't become chronically online until I was like 16. Yeah, so that, that tracks. Yeah, that tracks. But that's mad. Um, yeah, so you had like no distinction or like any idea of what The Wicker Man was. Nope. That's not even the Iron Maiden song. I could have heard the Iron Maiden song. <laughs> obviously. Obviously. Um, so I was raised on Iron Maiden. Bruce is basically my third parent. So fifth when parent, <laughs> fifth parent. So when I brought this up, that was the first time you'd kind of heard of it. Then mm. that's crazy. Like well, obviously we'd spoken about it a long time ago, and like I'm now aware of like the bees, the bees. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage punching a bear in the face. Yeah. And stuff like that, but yeah, no. Uh, up until we got together, and then obviously like uh, the ride at Holland Towers. Mm-hmm. You got that slightly wrong. It's Nicolas Cage in a bear suit, punches a woman in the face. Oh, sorry. Punches one of the villagers in the face. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> How dare I? It's, it's the rage. It's the rage in the Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we don't want to talk about Nicolas Cage too much because his version's not great. But yeah, like I think it's weird though. Like I guess it's one of those things because the movie is so old, and like it's so ingrained in my memory of like it's one of those things that basically has existed forever like it's existed like way before i was born Mm. and it's always kind of been a part of like 
something that I've been aware of. Like, I find it mad when I find people... It's like anything like this, though. It's like, you know, it, it would be like going into a fucking shopping mall and asking 10 teenagers if they've heard of The Exorcist and all of them going, no, nah, I don't know what it is. No, that is bruv. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's one of those things that kind of seems unfathomable because of its imprint on popular culture and how old the thing is. It seems unfathomable now to find someone of, like, a specific age or a certain age gra- a group that hasn't at least heard of it. Um, but I'm assuming, based on your enthusiasm for when we were watching it, you were... So what was it that made you not look forward to wanting to see it? Was it the fact that you hadn't got on with like The Omen and The Exorcist, both of which came out a similar time? Or uh, is it just the type of film so that it is? It was mostly the time period in which it was made, because we've watched The Omen, we've watched The Exorcist. Because this is the same I year as The Exorcist. I have seen American Werewolf in London, I've seen Jaws, and I have enjoyed exactly zero of those films. <laughs> So you just, I don't think the 70s is a good horror movie period. Yeah, because Omen's 76, Exodus is the same year as this, Jaws is 75, and American Werewolf is 80. 81? So it's just outside of the 70s, but it's not that far removed mm. from that style of filmmaking. So what were your expectations going into this? When you already have that like low bar set and you know it's so, going to be another one of those like slow burn My brain was very confused because for some reason my brain had mixed this film up with the clips I've seen from Don't Look Now. Yes. The one with Kiefer's dad in with it. With the... What is his name? Donald. Donald. Big Don. So I was really confused when it started out because for some reason in my brain, Donald Sutherland was the police officer. Looking for the car, the child in the red coat. Looking for the child in the red coat. Yeah. And that was the Wicker Man. <laughs> but it's not. It's a different film that is Don't Look Now. But my brain had merged those two things in. Because they were like similar time periods. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. Like Don't Look Now is like mid-70s. Yeah, yeah. Like So I was very confused when we started this film. And then I had very... I didn't really have any expectations. I was like, there's a Wicker Man. I know that there's a Wicker Man at the end. I know that there's a missing kid. And I know that Christopher Lee is in it. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of the only thing that I was like legitimately like, I really can't wait to see Christopher Lee. Because I love Christopher Lee. I'm pretty sure we've discussed my love of Christopher Lee on the podcast before. Uh, yeah, I think we did it on our House on Haunted Hill episode. Mm. I love Christopher Lee mm-hmm. so much. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. He is a he's a very big man. He's a, he's a very cool guy. So, yeah. what what did you what like? I, I guess we should just get into it. Like, what did you think of this film? I'm so confused. Uh, a, I didn't know it was a musical. Babe, there are too many musical numbers in a film that is not a musical. I counted at least seven different musical numbers in this film. This film is not that long. And I know the argument would be that the songs don't actually... Uh, the plot The plot is not told through songs, therefore it's not a musical. And I'm like, I don't know if you've seen some of the musicals that I've sat through, but those songs are unrelated to the plot. They're just there for shits and giggles. Um... I wasn't expecting that amount of music. I was, like, very confused. Also, the film just kind of feels like... I, like, we've just watched it. Watch, We just watch it. We have mm-hmm. just watched it. And I feel like it was a fever dream I had six years ago. <laughs> like, legitimately. Yeah. It's already very hazy in my brain. And it does feel like it was a fever dream that I had a long time ago. 
I think that's the nicest thing I can say about this film. See, I I have completely different feelings. Like, well, not completely, like, but I have differing feelings about this movie. So I love this film. Um, it's one of my favourite horror movies from that time period. Um, and one of my favourite horror movies just in general. Um, I would easily put it in, like, my top 15. But I haven't seen it for a very long time. And I was really nervous about going back and rewatching it. Like, stuff like The Omen and The Exorcist, I will, like, I can revisit, like, all day long. Because I know what I'm getting with those movies. Whereas with this, I'm like, we watched a different cut of it because we finally watched the final cut, which is a cut I have owned for a long time but never watched. And... You know, you know when you like see something when you're quite young and it imprints on your brain, and then you like rewatch it or revisit it like years later, whether it's like a song or a film or something like that, and you're like, "That's not how I remember it." And it's not, I don't know if it's because at the time you see it originally, like your brain's not developed enough to like take in the information, or if it's just because the passage of time and the way that like culture moves and like you see things after it especially like this film because there are very there are things that we both enjoy that are very clearly inspired by this mm-hmm. so when you then go back and rewatch the original thing you're just like you have the the uh, what's the what's the thing I'm trying to think you have the images and the things of the thing that inspired it in your head rather than the actual thing itself mm-hmm. um which kind of makes reviewing it like difficult um, but like I didn't have any of that when I rewatched this movie. It was like rewatching it. It was like watching it for the first time again. And I I do kind of agree. Like I'd forgotten how much music was in it. Um, and I also forget how I don't want to say slow, but I think the film is very deliberately paced. But I think the payoff of this movie is incredible. Like I love the ending of this movie, which we'll talk about a little bit more towards the end mm. um so what what were some of your main issues because i know you're going to have a lot and i know you're going to want to talk about them so we may as well get them out of the out in the open now so what are some of your main issues my with this first film? issue with this film is i don't know who the fuck we're supposed to root for yeah because my brain said it should be the detective yeah the problem is is he's a cunt yes and not a very good police officer yes person words police officer person <laughs> i was making a reference to a film that was definitely inspired by this yeah um uh so i don't didn't like him and then i was like well i, I don't want to root for him because i think he's a dick but then none of the other characters are particularly likable which makes it very difficult to root for the villagers or Lord Summerall, as much as I love Christopher Lee, and I think he does a great job in this. He is one person I will praise very highly. I think he is great in this. He is also not particularly likeable. Um, I would argue that he's probably the most root, a rootable for person. Is that if that's even a... Yeah, he's the person who you uh, your brain is like, yeah. oh, I could root that person. But even then, he's not particularly likeable. Yeah. Like, there's, there's nobody in this film that makes me go, oh, yeah, no, I want to root for that person. Because yeah. all of them are... All, all of them are dickheads, but m- some of them are absolute cunts. Yeah. Which is really problematic for me in any film when I'm like, well, who who am I supposed to be rooting for? Or who am I supposed to like? What is the point of this if I don't like any of you? Yeah. 
which is kind of a rarity in horror movies. Mm. Like we have covered films like this previously where you can't root for the antagonist or the protagonist because they're both as bad as each other. And like they they definitely do come up, but they are very few and far the between. The thing is as well, it's like I don't mind stuff like that. Like if I go into something and I'm like, I'm not going to like any of these characters and that is the way it's designed, that's the way it's created. The problem with this film is I do feel like you're supposed to be rooting for the detective. Yeah. The, the police officer person. But then they make him so fucking pious and so like... I like, I guess... I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much now because we'll talk about it later, but it's the it's the clash of ideologies and like the the strongly held beliefs by between him and like the islanders. But the problem is as well is he is a police officer, right? Yeah. He should not be treating people different based on their religious views. He's also a shit fucking police. Oh, he's terrible at his job. Like I'm not being funny. If I was a cop and I'd got this mystery letter being like, "Oh, this girl's missing." Yeah. And then I went to the island and everyone was like, "I have no idea who this girl is. I've never seen her before in my life." Um, Morrison, they might want to speak to Mbay, who owns a sweet shop. We go to the sweet shop because it's Rowan Post Morrison, office. isn't it? Post office slash sweet shop is. Yeah, yeah. It's Rowan Morrison. Yeah. So it's her second daughter. Yes. Who they? Who? Who? Everyone tries to convince him it's a fucking rabbit. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> and then he gets there, and she's like, "No, no, no, my daughter's fine. My daughter's literally through there. Come meet my little girl." And then he's talking to her daughter, and he's like, "Do you know Rowan?" And she's like, "Yeah, she lives out in the field. She's a rabbit." And at that point, I would be like, okay, this is obviously not a real thing. Also... Especially when the family of the girl who is allegedly missing are going, I don't have a second daughter. And the daughter is going, oh, no, that's a rabbit. Yeah, I also... I'd be like, this is obviously like a prank. Some kids have sent this letter. I also understand that the letter says that he was requested personally. But why the fuck does this dude go to a fucking remote island on his own? Mm-hmm. And then it's only about three quarters of the way through the movie when he's like, I'm going to come back with more police officers. And I'm like, bitch, you should have gone to the fucking island. I think with- I think because originally when he first arrives, probably the rest of the cops have gone, it's probably a prank. And he's gone, no, it's not. This girl is definitely missing. And they went, fine, go check it out, I guess. Yeah. Let us know if you find yeah. anything. Fuck off, Nicholas Angel. Pretty much. But he's just such an asshole. And as somebody who's not a big fan of religion in general anyway, I found him just enormously annoying and proper cunty. And And it's the way he treats all of the people because of their religious beliefs. Yeah. Like, he kind of talks down to everybody because they are pagan. Mm Mm-hmm. Which would very much be, I feel like, the kind of person he is would be the way he would speak to yeah. anybody who didn't view his religion as the one true religion. But I'm like, you're supposed to be a police officer, which means you interact with people on a daily basis. Yeah, you're supposed to have be like, very is different it bipartisan? Views to you. Like, is that the word? I don't know. But like, you're supposed to be completely separate. You're supposed to separate yourself from your job, basically. Yeah, yeah. You can't treat somebody different based on their religious beliefs, based mm-hmm. on their skin colour, based on their sexual preference. And yeah, I just found him really annoying. And then the, the songs just really confused me. I will not bitch about the songs because they were pretty fucking good and I do love mm. some good folk music. But I was very confused by all of the songs. Also, this this movie is a fucking fever dream because there are scenes in this where they come out very much left field where like when he leaves the pub and they're all just fucking on the lawn out front of the pub. Yeah. That is never really addressed. 
He what? just goes back into the pub and asks for his dinner. Yeah, but they address it in the Maypole song, don't they? Because they say that the, they say that there was a man and a woman, and the woman was on top. Well, the, there was a man and a woman, and the man was on top of the woman, and then there was a seed, and the seed grew into the boy, and the boy became a man. Which is well, basically like they're, they're essentially having sex in the graveyard. To well, like, I know that, but yeah. I mean him as a character. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because if that was me and I walked out and saw that, I'd go back in and be like, um. Yeah, especially for someone who's like as sexually repressed as him. Can we just uh, question? There's a lot of people having sex. Like, yeah, do you know the? But the the most concerning thing about that, the the other two things eating was there's a woman. I guess post salt burning the grave, crying on it like naked. Yeah, and then there's a woman watering one yeah and he doesn't think any like he doesn't mention any of this no, shit. he just goes and he goes out oh, where's my dinner and then he complains about the food bitch you didn't pre-book a room uh he had the, he had his dinner before he goes in gets his key and then goes up to his room after he's seen him having sex oh the dinner is pre that it doesn't either he way. goes for his post-dinner walk and that's so all he's he all like he shows up he doesn't pre-book a room he just assumes they're gonna have one yeah which I'm surprised because this island obviously doesn't like outsiders very much. I'm surprised they even have a place with rooms available. Yeah. So this is this is my other thing as well, right? I, I want to get this out before you go on to the next bit because it's 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 going to wind me up if it doesn't. When he turns up, the harbour masters all like fucking Jim from the Vicar of Dibley's are like, can't be here, private land, blah blah blah. He's like, you can't be here without Lord Summerisle. But then like. It seems like the room has been pre-booked for him in advance. Like, because he turns up and they're like, oh yeah, we have a room for you, like, already. And I'm like... I'm assuming that's just because everyone on the island was like, oh, there's a detective here. It's probably going to be here for a few days. They're like, well, we're the only place he could possibly stay. We'll prep a fucking room for him. And I'm like... But then they, but then everybody else that he encounters is like, oh, you can't do this, that, and the other without Lord Summerall's permission. But they all give in on it very quickly. Yeah. But then they're like, oh, we've booked this room for this dude without checking with like Lord S. And I'm like, at that point, I'd be like, you motherfuckers are contradicting yourselves left, right, and centre. And at no point does this guy start questioning it. This is what I mean when I say he's what a fucking shit police well officer. It's when, like, when the second time and I've heard, well, you can't do that without Lord Samara's permission. I'd be like, right, how do I get an appointment with this man? Yeah. Because obviously I need to talk to him because he obviously controls what everybody does. Yeah, he's running a racket. He would be, like, island. the first person I'd go talk to. I'd be like, I need to discuss something with, like, I need an appointment with Samara. Yeah. And you'd like to think that you'd make that kind of research before you went to the island... And they've already booked in to speak to the man who runs the whole fucking island. Yeah. Which is, it's just kind of hilarious to me that he's like, he's so steadfast and he's so like, I'm a fucking police officer. Who then goes on to break the law in yeah. numerous occasions. He's like, he's like, I've got God riding shotgun in my plane. He's like, I'm here on this island. He's like, I'm going to find this missing kid. And then, like, everybody just starts acting fucking suspiciously. And he just fucking ignores it. It's like this man has, like, tunnel vision. He's like, I have to find the kid. It's like, you know when you play, like, a fucking on-the-rail shooter game? Mm. And you could only go in, like, certain directions. Like, that is this man. This man is like... This Detective Howie is like, look, man, I've got to find this kid by hook or by crook. Do you know what would be really good news for me, though, is that I definitely wouldn't get sacrificed. Yeah, but it's it's just like... Because I'd literally peace out super quickly. I'd be like, this seems suspicious. But, but, this, is, but this is what I mean. Like, he after... I said to you when we were watching this, after the first, like, six or seven people are like, nah, bruv, I don't know who this kid is. Like, this kid doesn't exist. She's not real. She's not on the island. We don't know who she is. I'd be like, cool, fine. See you later, mate. 
I don't know why he's so steadfast in his like, and he had there's so many signs as well. Like he's been told multiple times that this Rowan Morrison is a fucking rabbit, and then someone's like, "Oh yeah, she's dead. That's her grave. We put a plant in it." And then he finds a rabbit in her grave. And I'm like, all right, cool. So maybe these people are just mental. And this rabbit is the real kid. There's no signs of this kid being a real thing. I'll just leave. Mm-hmm. Well, even like... Because like, the thing is, it's like even the schoolhouse. Because by the time you find the rabbit in the grave, you go, okay, the people here are batshit mental. Okay, well, she was registered at school. I wouldn't put it past them to have a rabbit in class that they're trying to teach. Yeah. I'd be like, they're just batshit. Okay. We out E3000. I'm off. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. And I'd go back and I'd be like, to all the people, do never go to Summerall. It's fucking weird. I'd be fair, I'd probably ended up joining the cult, in all honesty. But, like, I have, I have, like, I have, like, other questions as well. Like, Obviously, Summer Isle is like this fucking private island in Scotland somewhere that you have to get like a charter plane to. Like you can't just roll up. Like it's not a fucking. It's not connected to anything. It's yeah. not on the map. You have to get like your fucking Tom Nook points to get your little fucking. Get your Nook fly miles. Get your go fucking... and see the Dodo Airlines yeah. guys. And they're but, and they're very obviously disconnected from the rest of the like the outside world because mm-hmm. they want people to know what they're doing. Also, like riding horse and car yeah. everywhere. How the fuck did they find out who this dude was? Because Summer Isle at the end is like, hey man, we researched you. We found that you had like the special skills that we needed to like sacrifice you in our Wicker Man. And I'm like, how? I was like, you, I was like, you fuckers are living in the seventies, off grid with no internet, no like. Working telephones, like, to the outside line that I can see. I was like, how did you discover who this human being was and research him enough? They sent him off to the mainland. Yeah, but this is what I mean, though. Like, they never explain that. They just go, oh, we researched you and we had to lure you here. But I was like, if you're... I Like, how did you do this? And, like, at what point did he, as a detective, go, well, I've never heard of this place before. Like... I don't know anybody that's ever come from here that Best lives here. Jump in a plane and go yeah, there. Yeah, like, like how did he? Like, obviously you get coordinates and shit. That's fine, but like, did he not think it was deeply suspicious that he's going to this island that is very clearly not in a map on his own to investigate a missing child in a place that, for all intents and purposes, doesn't fucking exist? And then, like, as I say, on the other side of it, like, how did they? How did they even discover who he was? Like, are there members of the, like, island that, like, have infiltrated the mainland? Is it that there were people that have, like, <laughs> recently joined the cult that potentially knew him on the mainland and then got, like, taken to Summer Isle? And they were like, hey, man, we know this fucking guy. I don't think we're supposed to question it that much. No, but you, 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 like, that's a gaping hole in the fucking plot of the film. And it doesn't make any fucking sense. And for all of for all of the things that this movie does well and for all of the good things about this movie, like those two things, them finding out who he was and knowing enough about him to lure him there for that purpose and him not having the foresight as someone who I would imagine has been on the force for a long time to be like, uh, this doesn't make any fucking sense. But then like he's 
he's being led by blind faith, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, he's also a mediocre white man. Yeah, and, like, part of me's, like... confident all the time. Part of me's, like, how much of you being a police officer is based on actual training and the actual presentation of facts? But then part of me's, like, well, that can't be. And sorry if there's anybody that is religious that is listening to this. Because you blindly believe in the fact that there is a God without any physical evidence of it. Which kind of suggests to me that that's kind of what you've based your policing style on. Yeah. Because there's so many points in this movie where facts and evidence and suspicious shit is presented to him. And he just goes, no. He's like, I have the faith that I will be led to this child by a higher power, essentially. Mm. He's just a prick. Yeah, but you know what I mean, though? Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. <sighs> But yeah, so that annoys me. Where was I up to? Yeah, the whole, just the whole thing annoys me. Uh, I wind up a little bit that they don't really explain the religious practice all that much. Like, it is obviously based on paganism. Yeah, so you probably know more about this than what I do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you this question. Um, and I was waiting for the movie to end to ask you this because I kind of figured you would know more than me. Now... The pagan thing in this movie, mm-hmm. are they worshipping, like, the eldritch gods, like, the old gods that, like, Lovecraft kind of wrote about? Because that's kind of what it comes across to me, like, in this movie. They're like, there is a god of the sea, which I guess would be, like, Cthulhu, in that, if you want to take it in that direction. There is a god of the fields. So is it, like, is that kind of what they're, like, so, vibing with? It's an interesting concept, because as far as I can remember, in kind of, like, Wiccan and pagan religion, you, there is there is... The goddess. Yeah. The god or like the many faces or whatever. But it's like a singular and mostly it's Earth itself. Yeah, which I'm guessing is like the sun thing that's well, on no, like, it's a sing- the Well, sun god. Yeah. That's the, the, in there the, it's the sun god. Yeah, the sun face that's on all yeah. the bread and stuff. Uh, but like they worship, you worship Earth. It's, yeah. yeah. Wiccan's a very like Earth-bound religion if you worship the planet Captain itself. Captain Planet. Yeah, it's all about like... You know, taking care of the world and the world will take care of you back. It's quite, it's a really pretty religion. It's quite, really, very, very nice. Um, but yeah, they don't really explain because there's like, there's the god of the field, the god of the sea, the god of the sun, the god of the vines, I think is one of them. Mm. And I'm like, how many, how many <laughs> gods Sorry, the god do of the you vines. have? <laughs> Road work I had. Um, I'm like, how many gods do you have? Yeah. And like, obviously they have different rituals for each god. Yeah. Um, the beheading one. Whose whose ritual is that? Mm. They chop someone's head off, but not really. Yeah. They give they give the sea some fucking beer. Yeah, yeah but this is what I mean. Like, I I was very confused as to like whether it was like the old gods in the sense of like the ones that like Lovecraft was writing about. So like the actual like cri- I, they're not cryptids, are they? But like whatever he was talking about, like oh, so, the horrors. Yeah. So like when they're putting the beer in the water like are they given that as a sacrifice to Cthulhu is Cthulhu the guy that's like under the water or is it not as literal as that it's like you know they believe well, they made them I think they made them up I don't think they are real gods mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they made them up mm-hmm. uh, okay so Nuda who is the god of the sun is a real real god sick uh, comes from Scottish folklore, I think. Welsh, mm-hmm. no, yeah, Welsh folklore. 
um, if I remember correctly though, I did read about the other one being made up. Because like the other question I have about with all of these films as well was like this and Midsummer because obviously Midsummer is Swedish, so it's the Swedish version of like their May celebrations and their like harvest and their festivals and like their religious beliefs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So the other god, um, Avellanau. Mm is completely fictionalised. They okay. made... The beloved goddess of the orchard was completely made up mm-hmm. for the film. But, like, obviously somebody who has more knowledge of what I do. People like this obviously exist in real life. Mm-hmm. We know that. And they exist through different countries and different cultures mm-hmm. and things like that. The murder stuff's not real, right? And I'm trying to be as culturally sensitive as possible when I say that. Like, the murder stuff is not real. Like, animal sacrifice, potentially, I could get on board with, but they're not, like, actually just fucking straight up killing people, are they? The... So the Wicker Man is a real thing. Yeah, I don't want to be ignorant when I say that, but I always feel like the murdering part is stuff that's fictionalised. The Wicker Man was a real thing, and historically they did sacrifice humans. But we're talking... A very long time like ago. Like 1800s. Uh, so it was... That's fucking crazy. <sighs> like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be, like, I mean, we don't, we don't... If that's... Oh, if there's archaeological evidence mm. that the Celts did do that. Uh, but we're talking... Yeah, because I always... see if I can find a time... Because whenever you see, like, these evil cult films, like with Midsummer, like... I'm sure there's practices in both of these films that are real. I don't doubt that there are people that live in secluded areas that have these... I don't want to say a cult because I don't really think it is a cult, but they have these kind of like religious beliefs and they live in these communities and they have these rituals and these ways. But I always kind of assumed like that we've kidnapped someone and murdered them (laughs) shit was fictionalised for like horror entertainment. The the Wicker Man and the reason this film ends the way it does Mm -hmm. is so there is some Roman accounting from Mm -hmm. Julius Caesar's time, so we're talking a very long time ago, uh, about the Celts and that they would build these wooden figures and burn people alive within them. Oh, shit. The problem is uh, the Greeks and the Romans were quite well known for shit-talking their enemies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, So the Wicked Man was real. Uh, They did definitely sacrifice animals. And there is some archaeological evidence that potentially there was human sacrifice. But it's entirely going to be taken with a pinch of salt because most of it comes from basically Roman stories written by Julius Caesar basically going, man, those Scots, we should just go and kill all of them because they're like ritualistic, cannibalistic murderers. So it's, it's taken, with, taken with a pinch of salt, but that's the reason this film ends, I think, with human sacrifice yeah. and the animals as well because animal sacrifice has been proven. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of evidence to back up, especially in like older, not so like now, no, uh, but a, a lot of like older, so we're talking back in the time of like the Roman Empire mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A lot of the what would be fringe religions, I guess, so the pagan religions, um, a lot of like Celt religions and stuff like that, would have animal sacrifice. Uh, but no, most, <coughs> most of the whole are like witches or sacrifice people, Satanists sacrifice people. Mm. Uh, there has never been a proven case ever. It's like one of those weird things of like, there was the big satanic panic in the 80s mm-hmm. of, ah, oh, like the Satanists, they like human ritual sacrifice, blah, 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 blah. There has never been a proven account, like an actual crime that has been proven to be mm-hmm. a satanic murder. People have twisted satanic 
imagery and mm-hmm. rituals and tried to blame Satanism for what they did. Yeah. But like categorically there has never been a satanic cult Mm -hmm. that has performed human sacrifice yeah so i guess like the last couple of points i want to make through this episode because there's not really a whole heap to talk about with regards to the film Mm -hmm. um first first thing i have to ask you and i guess it leads on to the second one do you think this film is scary no okay do you think that if you were to put yourself in the police officer's shoes, the idea of being on that island surrounded by those people would be scary? Because I think the I think the film itself is actually quite terrifying. I think oh, it's I think, like one of those awkward things because I'm like, if I was the police officer in this situation, I would have fucking left way earlier. Mm-hmm. Like I would not have continued to be there, especially once it started because it gets quite threatening pretty early on, mm-hmm. and I'd have been like, hmm. Yeah, I'd have been like, the minute that dude's like, you can't come here, private property, I'll be like, oh, cool, see you later, bye. I'll be like, okay, thanks, I'll be back with my co-workers and a warrant, thank you. Yeah. But, like, I I've, that, I think the real horror in the film comes from, like, the sense of, like, being... It's that An kind outsider. Of, yeah, it's kind of like that thing of, like, nobody... Like, everybody's in on the same joke except for you. I think the problem for me with stuff like this is I come from a very small town. I did say this to originally. you. Originally. Like... Yeah. And I know that exact attitude and behaviour. Yeah. Because it's a local place for it's League of Gentlemen. League of Gentlemen. It's yeah. a local pub for local people. Who the fuck are you? Why are you here? And I'll experience it now because I've been gone so long when I go home. If I go into any of like the working men's bars or like a local pub, I get the everyone's heads up. And around, and they're staring at you like, "Who the fuck is this?" Until they find well, out. Well, then, yeah. and half the time they get they either look and they kind of look at me and they go, "Oh no, wait, no, I know that face." Yeah. Because um, my the, both the villages I spent a lot of time in, my family have lived in for generations before we left. And you all have the same face. We all have the same face. Yeah. And I cannot go home without one of them going, "Oh, you're Mark's daughter. Oh, you're Nikki's youngin." Like. Yeah. So. I know that feeling. So I, I think for me, it's not a very terrifying prospect because I know exactly yeah. what that is like from both ends of the spectrum as yeah. well. I think I think like there is something that quite insidious about this film. And I think it's really interesting seeing like the attitudes that they have towards him and him for the most part being like completely oblivious to it, which I think is like really fucking odd. But the thing is as well is I get I get their attitude and behaviour because he comes in basically gun ho. Yeah. I'm a Christian man, you're all wrong because you practice yeah, you a religion that I don't agree with. Like he's one of the first things he says to the teacher when he meets her. With how can you teach the kids? Is like this? how can you teach the kids this? Are we putting yeah. in a complaint? And she's like, It's our religion. Like Yeah. And who are you gonna complain to? Are you gonna compl- complain to the school board? What? That a private school on a private island that we have no control over is teaching their kids about yeah. fucking paganism. Yeah. Um, but we, I think, I think this might be the one thing that we both agree on. Like the end, the closing moments of this movie are terrifying, right? <sighs> yeah, no, I didn't like the end of this film. Okay. But very specifically, because I can hear that, hear that animals dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I think I'm completely fine with them burning him alive, but I can hear the animals yeah. dying, and I don't like and, that. And they show you that one goat. like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. That was an interesting thing I was going to ask you. I was like, I don't really want to dwell on it too much, but I've always wondered why 
like and don't get me wrong i don't like i don't like seeing animals die on screen but i've always wondered why as human beings like it's okay for us to watch other human beings get murdered but the minute an animal dies we're like no 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 that's too far man because the thing is is we've met other people and we know they're pricks yeah, yeah. whereas i've never met an animal and gone now nah, you're a dickhead most times i go you're a dickhead but you're adorable and i still love you yeah but like i think like our cat is a yeah, prime yeah. example he's an absolute wanker I would bet I would straight up kill anyone who tried to hurt. Yeah, but like I think for me, like I think the most horrifying part there's two there's two things that I find horrifying about the ending of this movie, and like every time I watch this movie, I find the same two things to be horrifying. It's it's the image of him sitting in the Wicker Man. It's that idea of like yes, he's a prick. Yes, like whatever you feel about the character. But it's that idea of like knowing your fate and having to accept your fate and then having to sit there for that length of time while that fate takes place. Yeah. Like if, if if somebody shot me or <laughs> stabbed me and I died pretty quickly, I'd be like, that's fine. This sucks. I, I think... But it's, it's the idea of sitting there and contemplating and waiting for your death to occur and See, knowing there's nothing you can do about is, it. Is, is I'm always a bit odd with stuff like this. Because I have zero sympathy for him. I think he fully deserved what happened to him. Mm. You, you were you, you fucked around and found out, and yeah. that's on you. Um, burning alive is one of those weird things. Like the idea of it terrifies me, mm-hmm. but also I'm wildly aware that that happened to a lot of women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Historically, so it's never really weirdly hasn't bothered me because I'm like, there's a good chance at some point that's gonna come back. Yeah. But it is, but like, you you see what I'm saying though, like the idea of, yeah. it's like, the idea of knowing that you're in an unwinnable situation and you you have to literally sit there and wait for your death to take a hold. And it's the anticipation <sighs> and the knowing and the build up and like... I do feel, and I feel like this is an interesting thing, because like, we've spoke about this before, like on, on numerous occasions of like, I'm not bothered by any of that kind of stuff, but I do feel like, and this is a really weird sentence, it's, it's a gender thing. Yeah, because like you like you will kind of understand the feeling to a degree because you grew up alternative. But I'm like every time I leave the house, I leave the house knowing that potentially I could die. Yeah, through no fault of my own, through nothing I've done, I could die. Mm-hmm. Especially if I if I leave the house when it's dark, mm-hmm. like you're taking your life in your hands at that point. Like I know that that is a risky move. Mm-hmm. And that's a really sad fact as a woman. Every time I leave the house, yeah, like, yeah. I know that. And I think it is interesting because when you say stuff like that, I'm like, oh, I can't imagine being sat there contemplating, you know, how I got here. Like, what did I do mm. to do this? Like, this is horrible. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a thought process that has to go through my head basically on a daily basis. Yeah. Of... Like, if I've chosen to walk down an alleyway, because I've done that before. And, like, it was fine, like, nothing actually happened, but, like, somebody started following me down the alley. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they were just going home. But I had that entire moment of, like, oh, this is it. This is this is how I get kidnapped and killed. Yeah. The, the, like, I'd worked through that entire mm-hmm. process in my head and kind of just come to terms with the fact that this was how I die. Yeah. And... This is probably going to sound really weird for any, like, especially I feel like male listeners because I don't think that thought process happens as much for you guys. If you don't have that, oh, I've made, I've made a dumb decision walking down this alleyway and now a man is following me and I'm going to die. 
And that's really that's horrible because like the, the poor bloke who followed me was just going home. He wasn't even following me. He was just he was taking the same route home. Yeah. But I've been on the receiving end of that where because I'm quite broad, quite tall and I keep my hair short, I have walked behind a girl on her way home before. Mm-hmm. And I've had her like stop in a really well lit area and like basically wait for me to pass her because mm-hmm. obviously she thought I was a yeah. man following her and I was just like, no, I'm a girl. We're, we're cool. We're good. I don't mean to scare you. I'm really sorry. Um, but so like when you say stuff like that, I'm like, I don't really, I don't get that. Like that doesn't scare me yeah. because I'm like, oh, I've had that thought. I think, I think that that's that particular moment in the film is quite horrifying. But I also think like it's the joy on the islanders' faces as they're singing as he's burning. Like it's the complete resolute calm. Like this is fine this is like a completely natural thing which i also think is quite terrifying because i think it's just that whole like this is how we live our lives this is like what we do this is like to us this is a tuesday like you know what i mean like it's just such a weird juxtaposition of watching a man in his final moments awaiting his death knowing it's going to be horrible praying to his god while the islanders are joyful in that moment praying to their god like completely resolute and calm and it's the juxtaposition of those two things it's just so like it's so horrifying that you're just like this is fucking ludicrous nope um but yeah i think i i think the end i lo- i fucking love the ending of this movie i think the ending of the movie is really fucking well done um, and obviously when you find out the whole thing of how they lured him to the island and like the little girl is in on it and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, I think <clears throat> I think this movie is a classic for a reason. And I think you watch things in life now and you can see like, like we said, Hot Fuzz clearly obviously inspired by this film. Mm. Like League of Gentlemen inspired by this film. I think the remake is trash because the remake doesn't understand the purpose of the film. Like, this film is very subtle, it's very insidious, it takes its time, it gets to where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Whereas the remake just goes and throws all of that subtlety out of the window and just aims for lunacy. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't work because of that. Um, but yeah, so what are your final thoughts on The Wicker Man and like, what would you give it a score? Uh, I have now seen The Wicker Man. I have sat through The Wicker Man. I have witnessed The Wicker Man. I will never re-watch The Wicker Man because I thought it was terrible. And the thing is, I don't think it was even the pacing to me because normally when I watch movies from like this early on, I'm like, it was the pacing. Mm-hmm. I hated the pacing. It was too slow. I don't even feel like it was the pacing. I just feel like the problem is, is that the main character is a complete asshole and I hated his guts so fucking much. I mean, that's fair. That there was nothing redeemed about the film whatsoever apart from the fact that he got his got it in the end. Yeah. Like, that was the only redeemable. Also, I feel like there was... It feels like one of those films where I'm like, there didn't need to be that much nudity, that much sex, all of that. And I do feel, again, it's like it's part of the 70s thing. They love to get fucking girls' kids off. And it's part of the pagan thing as well, isn't it? (laughs) Like, I guess, I don't know how much of that is to do with, like, the religious aspect of the film. Yes and no. Yes and no. I will say that because like there are like rituals and stuff. They they, they do the the fire jumping naked mm-hmm. with the dancing. Yeah. Like that's an actual pagan ritual. That is something that does exist. It does happen. I don't know if we like it's still practiced mm-hmm. that practiced that way amongst like 
and um, pagans and stuff but like that is a legitimate like they were very open with their bodies like it's totally fine mm-hmm. but uh, yeah I, ju- I don't know i just i think i always hold issue with like a lot of the 70s movies because it's always the women yeah and this is a problem i constantly have with not just even 70s movies a lot of horror movies a lot of films in general is i want equal opportunities tits and dicks mate midsummer gives you it tits and dicks give me equal opportunities nudity please <laughs> thank you that's yeah. all i'm asking for yeah um but yeah no, i'll never rewatch this film ever cool. i really didn't like it like a two maybe and that's only because I quite like the music and the setting was very pretty mm. and Christopher Lee. Yeah. See, I love this film. I love the fact that it inspired one of Iron Maiden's best Eddies. Um, mm. Just out of interest for anyone who doesn't know and hasn't heard that song. But I love this film. I've always loved this film. Um, I understand why you would have issue with it. It is a very hard film, I think, to watch for the first time now. Um, and I do completely agree, like, it is weird watching a movie where you don't really want to root for anybody. Um, and I get that there are, like, quite a few issues with it where, like, somebody watching it now for the first time would be like, what the fuck? Um, I think watching it now, having already seen it, my opinion hasn't really changed too much on it. Um, and I think I would still give it a four out of five. I think... The performances are great. I think Christopher Lee's fucking brilliant in this. Like, it's one of his best performances. I think Edward Woodward is really good because it's hard to make a protagonist that unlikable. And I think there's certain things that he does in this movie with his demeanour, his attitude, and the way that he, like, uses his body language that, like, are really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I just, I've, I just find it to be, like, a very interesting film. And... It's one of those films that people have tried to like replicate or like homage over the years and nobody's quite got it right. Um, and for that, I think that's the reason why it's still a classic film now. But yeah, so yeah, I would I would stay on a four out of five. But that's our thoughts on The Wicker Man. Have you guys seen The Wicker Man? Do you have a preferred cut of The Wicker Man? Do you prefer the theatrical one, the director's cut, the final cut? How well do you think this film has held up? Let us know. Come find us on social media, Pod on Twitter. And on Instagram, uh, no, on Twitter, so I married a horror fan, all lowercase, all one word, on Tumblr and Instagram. That will be uh, where you can find us. Um, there is links on there to all of our um, social media, no, not what social media, what I'm trying to say, platforms. There's links to all of our platforms on there, places where you can find us, review us, leave comments, whatever. Uh, we will be back next week when we will be looking at Jaws um, as part of our ongoing seasonal horror month that will be the summer portion of the month so that will be out next monday on the 11th of march and we will see you then stay spooky stay safe take care bye bye